TII item 454, January 25, 2018, iOS 11.2.5 and iOS 11.3 beta 1. Welcome to Today in iPhone. I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullet! Oh yeah! My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. This episode is brought to you by ButcherBox. For free bacon and $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com slash TII and enter promo code TII. This episode of Today in iOS is brought to you by Casper. Get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash TII and using promo code TII. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and you are listening to the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Ben for sending in the artwork for today's show. Ben wrote the following. Little Rob. Well, it's time for me to give my contribution. Here's a photo of me and my fiance. We are from the beautiful Quebec province in Canada, and we took this picture at our Apple store in Laval, Quebec in 2017. It is now behind us and time to look forward to an amazing 2018. I wish everyone a beautiful, peaceful year. Regards, Ben and Giselle. Well, thanks, Ben and Giselle for sending in the artwork. And folks, you can see this artwork in the free TI app via the bonus button for episode 454 or at instagram.com slash today in iOS and also at facebook.com slash today in iOS. And I added in the TII on that artwork with the over app. Folks, if you have some artwork and or music you have created on your iOS device that you would like to share with the audience, please email to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please make sure to include which app or apps you use to create said artwork and or music. For promo codes on episode 453, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app Intervals. If you are interested in winning a promo code for this app or want more info, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 453. No new promo codes this week. If you're a dev or an iBook author, well, shame on you for not sending in your promo codes. Bad marketer, are you? Well, since the last episode, there's been a few different updates for iOS to talk about. First, it was iOS 11.2.5 beta 6 and then beta 7, and they were released to devs on January 17th and 19th, respectively. Both were, as far as anyone can tell, all about bug fixes and optimizations, with beta 7 being the full-size upgrade over the air, which is usually a sign it is at Goldmaster and the signs were correct. The full public Goldmaster version of iOS 11.2.5 was released on January 23rd. The iOS 11.2.5 Goldmaster release brings a few new features. There is HomePod support where you can set up and automatically transfer your Apple ID, Apple Music, Siri, and Wi-Fi settings to HomePod. More on HomePod later in the episode. Siri's news Update allows you to ask Siri to read news simply by saying, hey Siri, play the news. And you can also ask for specific sections of the news, i.e. sports, business, sports, music, and did we mention sports? From the release notes for iOS 11.2.5, Apple added this about the update. Quote, addresses an issue that could cause the iPhone app to display incomplete information in the call list. Fixes an issue that caused mail notifications from some exchange accounts to disappear from the lock screen when unlocking the iPhone X with Face ID. Addresses an issue that could cause messages conversations to temporarily be listed out of order. Fixes an issue in CarPlay where now playing controls become unresponsive after multiple track changes. And adds ability to for voiceover to announce playback destinations and AirPod battery level, unquote. These are actually a lot of items for a double dot update. Um, should you update? Well, that's always a question when one of these new ones comes out. And I would wait for this weekend, but that's about it. So yes, I would recommend updating as soon as you can, as there have also been mentions of Apple security updates with this version. And given all the hype around Spectrum Meltdown, probably best update as soon as possible. That said, avoiding the first couple of days is always a good idea, as it is best to let someone else find any really major issues with an update. Since the last episode, Apple also released WatchOS 4.2.2 Beta 5 to the devs on January 19th, and then on January 23rd released WatchOS 4.2.2 Goldmaster to everyone. During the beta period, there was no reports for new features. All seemed to be about bug fixes and optimizations, and well, that makes sense for a double dot update. Once you update 
to iOS 11.2.5. Next, then you want to update to watch OS 4.2.2. Make sure you have your watch plugged into a power supply and it's over 50% charge before you can do that. And you can go into the watch app and find it under settings. I have for both, uh, updated both, and I've had no issues either way. But I did see one post in the Google Plus community saying they had an issue with the current weather not showing on their Apple Watch faces. Uh, that, not an issue that I've seen, at least for me. I was able, I flipped through a few different watch faces and the current weather was showing for all the ones I checked. As always, when you do these updates, if you have any issues, please give us a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-Boondog, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Apple also updated tvOS 11.2.5 to Goldmaster and released it to the masses on January 23rd. If you have auto update on, it may be updated already. If not, check it under settings. As it is a double dot update, it is focused mostly on bug fixes, which I hope they fix the issue I've seen with the CBS app when watching Star Trek Discovery. If I hit the pause, it will not play again when I hit play. I have to go out and then back in to get it to play again. We'll find out Sunday when the next episode of Star Trek is released if that bug is squashed. TVOS 11.2.5 also has security updates for both Apple TV 4K and Apple TV 4th Gen. So make sure to update those before someone hacks in and takes over your HomeKit automation. Looking over Apple's website for security updates, they say on January 23rd, the following items all had security updates. Watch OS 4.2.2, iOS 11.2.5, tvOS 11.2.5, iTunes 12.7.3 for Windows 7 and later, iCloud for Windows 7.3, Safari 11.0.3, Mac OS High Sierra 10.13.3, Mac OS Sierra security update, and El Capitan security update. That is a lot of updates on one day. So be secure this weekend and do some updates of your own for those items. You know, looking at Apple's security page, January 3rd, 23rd actually had more security updates than any other day in the past six months. Again, given all that's going on with Spectre and Meltdown, this is not a time to be delaying too long before doing the updates. And if you've listened to this show in the past, you know I've been pretty much have never said release the hounds this quickly, but release the hounds. And just when I thought I had my show notes mostly done for this episode, Apple threw me a curve and released a preview of iOS 11.3 and then went one step further and released iOS 11.3 Beta 1 to devs. First off, in the Apple preview, it says, This spring, iOS 11.3 will deliver exciting new ways to experience yada 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 yada. Right there. What that means at the earliest, we are going to be in beta with iOS 11.3 for two months, and it's likely longer. Per the yada yadas, there will be augmented reality updates, new ad emojis, did you sense my excitement in my voice about that? And quote, the ability to view health records in health app, unquote. And there are other items with iOS 11.3 as well. Starting with what Apple considers most important is new AR experiences, bringing AR Kit 1.5 to devs. Messages gets some new emojis and more. The new emojis include a dragon, a bear, a skull, and a lion. For a total of 16 thrilling and exciting heart-pounding emojis, where you can now, as a bear, message your wife and say, Sweetheart, where's the honey at? Aw, so cute. Makes me want to squirt lemon juice into a paper cut. But wait, it gets worse. Apple says you can even create Animoji karaoke videos. Oh, stop. I mean, really, stop. One new thing that is not a gimmick is business chat. Apple says, quote, is a new way for users to communicate directly with businesses right within messages, unquote. Apple says they will launch with support for select businesses, including Discover, Hilton, Lowe's, and Wells Fargo. Hey, maybe you can send Wells Fargo a poop emoji asking them why they signed you up for a credit card you did not ask for. Hey, there we go. Finally, a good use for emojis. Apple says that business chat does not share the user's contact info with the business and gives users the ability to stop chatting at any time. You can also, if you want, make purchases using Apple Pay in the message app or schedule an appointment. 
iOS 11.3 will also add new features to show the health of your battery and recommend if the battery needs to be serviced. Hmm, wonder what prompted Apple to do that. Plus, users can now see if the power management, quote, feature, unquote, that dynamically manages maximum performance to prevent unexpected shutdowns is on and can choose to turn it off. Like we said recently, should have been how it was from day one, or really the day that iOS 10.2.1 launched, that is. This feature will be found in settings and battery, but it's not there yet in beta one. This should be for all iPhone 6s and 7s. Another new big feature in iOS 11.3 is health records in the health app. Per this, Apple said, quote, the new health records feature brings together hospitals, clinics, and the existing health app to make it easier for consumers to see their available medical data from multiple providers whenever they choose. Patients from participating medical institutions will have information from various institutions organized into one view and receive regular notifications for lab results, medications, conditions, and more. Health records data is encrypted and protected with a passcode, unquote. My grandmother would have loved this feature. When I was younger, she would carry around in her purse all the time a list on a yellow sheet of paper of every time she ever went to the hospital from the time she was a kid until her into her 80s. And she'd whip out this list anytime someone would mention hospitals or doctors. It's pretty funny in hindsight. Yep, she would have loved this feature. Some of the, quote, additional iOS 11.3 features, unquote, according to Apple, are, quote, Apple Music will soon be the home for music videos. Users can stream all the music videos they want without being interrupted by ads. They can also watch the hottest new videos the classics or ones from their favorite artists back-to-back -back in new music video playlists. Apple News now makes it easier to stay up-to-date on the most important videos of the day with a new video group for you and improved top stories. HomeKit software authentication provides a great new way for developers to add HomeKit support to existing accessories while protecting privacy and security. Support for Advanced Mobile Location, AML, to automatically send a user's current location when making a call to emergency services in countries where AML is supported, unquote. There will be other updates, changes as well not covered. For example, the Apple Podcast app updated from version 3.4 to version 3.5. What changed? Um, yeah, I'll get back to you on that because it sure did not fix the issue of episode numbers not showing in the episode list. Just saying, Apple. Boo. Other things already found include iBooks. Apparently, it received an official Daisy Red Rider model 1938 air rifle for Christmas because it lost an eye and is now just listed as books for the icon. And it was actually a good enough shot to knock out the eye in the settings app as well, where it is now listed as just books. In the app store for updates, they added in the version number and the size of the update in the list of apps available for update. This is nice to know if the app is really, really big, you can skip it um, to a later time or when you have a much better internet connection. However, looking through the list, it points out how big some apps are. Why exactly does Angry Birds 2 need to be an over 500 meg or half a gig file size for its update? Yikes. For iPhone 10 users in the App Store app, when you install an app, there is now an animation that shows that you should double press the side button to confirm the install. They say this animation shows up in other places like when confirming Apple Pay. When you first update to iOS 11.3, you are greeted with a screen that says privacy and shows an icon of two blue people, kind of bluish people, shaking hands, kind of. The message says this icon will appear when an app, or an Apple app, or feature is asking to use any of your personal info. On that splash screen is another message from Apple where they say privacy is key and that every Apple product is designed to, quote, Use on-device processing wherever possible. Limit the collection and use of data. Provide transparency and control over your information. 
build on strong foundation of security, unquote. Nice to see at least one of the two OS creators that actually cares about your personal data and privacy. Just saying. For iPhone X owners, you can approve family purchases using Face ID in iOS 11.3. And Spring officially kicks off on Tuesday, March 20th. So beta testing will be going on until then at least, and probably until at least mid-spring. I want to welcome a new sponsor to the show, ButcherBox. They send you meat, but not just any meat. They send grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork. I live in Kansas City, and one thing we know in Kansas City is meat. This is the meat town, period. And the meat ButcherBox sent was great. How ButcherBox works is you choose from curated boxes, including a mix of high-quality beef, chicken, and pork, or you can customize your own box. The meat is frozen at peak of freshness in an individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging and delivered right to your doorstep for free. In my family, I am the cooker of meat. I do not put on sauces or cover it with A1. Nope. I believe the only good thing you can put on meat is more meat. I cut the strips that they sent in half, wrap them in bacon, and place them on the grill. No spices, no extra. And if you go to butcherbox.com slash TII and enter promo code TII, you will get $20 off your first butcher box and get free bacon to boot. It's really nice, thick bacon, perfect for wrapping other meat. I cut the chicken breasts in half as well, wrapped them in bacon too. The boys loved it. I loved it. All the meat they sent was fabulous. And I'm kind of getting really hungry right now thinking about it. Sorry. Uh, butcher box meats come from humanely raised animals that are never fed antibiotics, hormones, or fatty fillers because antibiotic and hormone-free meat is not just good for you, but it tastes great as well. And ButcherBox curates the finest selection and cuts and makes it so easy to customize your own delivery. Build your own box and choose exactly how much and what you have delivered to you and your family. Shipping is free to the lower 48 in the U.S., Again, you can get free bacon and $20 off your first box by going to butcherbox.com slash TII and entering promo code TII. Okay, back to the news. Apple also released tvOS 11.3 to devs. This update is for both the 4th gen Apple TV and the 4K Apple TV, also known as the 5th gen Apple TV. Some of the new features Apple mentioned are, quote, enhancements to match content support automatic frame rate switching for Apple TV 4th Gen, and automatic mode switching for AirPlay video sessions. And of course, oh, that's unquote there. And of course, there are bug fixes and optimizations. No new betas yet for watchOS. And now into a segment that will pretty much secure the fact that I will not be invited to WWDC by Apple anytime soon. Tim Cook was interviewed on ABC News and in the interview, when asked if Apple had done a good job of keeping customers in the loop, Tim responded with, quote, when we did put it, the software update out, we did say what it was, but I don't think a lot of people were paying attention, unquote. Uh, really, Tim? Well, we pretty much cover every little minutia of iOS beta and updates there are. Look at the first 15 minutes of this episode as an example. I can't imagine any other podcast covering as much as we do. So what did we have to say about what Apple had to say when iOS 10.2.1 betas were released and when the Goldmaster was released? Well, luckily, I have show notes to search through for all the mentions of 10.2.1. And here's what I found with regards to, quote, we did say what it was, unquote. First, all the apps we mentioned with the betas, all of them, I had to report was bug, all I had to report really was bug fixes and optimizations. And that was all anyone was reporting during the, the part where it was in beta. And that was per episodes 415, 416, 417, 418, where the betas were being tested. Then on episode 419, 10.2.1 went Goldmaster. And we had this in the episode, quote, officially app from Apple there is mention of under-the-hood kernel improvements and bugs that cause auto-lock to unlock when Apple Watch is off the user's wrist, unquote. Hmm, still not there. 
Then I found this in episode 422 with regards to the battery issue for iPhone 6s and 6s back in that was back in early 2017. Quote, and now Apple is saying, hey, guess what? Never mind. It was a software issue all along and updating to iOS 10.2.1 fixes most phones. Apple is saying they are seeing an 80% reduction in the number of iPhone 6S handsets unexpectedly shutting down and a 70% reduction for the iPhone 6 devices. But hey, I was not the only one that said something smelled fishy back when Apple announced the battery replacement. Many of you wrote in saying, what the heck? And that your non-iPhone 6S's had the issue too. Again, if you had the issue, it sounds like just updating to iOS 10.2.1 is the update you are looking for, unquote. And, and that episode had a link to an article where Apple said this about iOS 10.2.1 and battery shutdowns. And again, this is from Apple, quote, we also added the ability for the phone to restart without needing to connect to power. If a user still encounters an unexpected shutdown, it is important to note that these unexpected shutdowns are not a safety issue, but we understand it can be an inconvenience and want to fix the issue as quick as quickly as possible. If a customer has any issues with their devices, they can contact Apple Care. Unquote. Let me now reread Tim Cook's quote from above. Quote, when we did put it out, the software update, we did say that what it was, but I don't think a lot of people were paying attention, unquote. Um, not so much, Tim. Later in that interview, Tim did say, quote, maybe we should have been clearer as well, unquote. And folks, this year's winner of the Understatement of the Year Award goes to Tim Cook in his ABC News interview. Tim, you think maybe just a little bit you were not clear? Just, just, a, just a teeny bit. As in, well, maybe not clear at all? I, I don't think what Apple was doing was evil. But I really do believe that their communication about what they did to fix the sudden shutdown issue was pure incompetence. And if they had added at the time a way to turn it off and actually really explained what they did with 10.2.1, which really they did not at all, uh, then all of this issue and ill will would have been avoided. Completely switching gears. While supplies last, Target has discounted Apple Watch Series 1 down to $180 for the 38mm version and $210 for the 42mm, both $70 below standard pricing. Staples has marked down the 9.7-inch iPads to $260, this via $30 off instantly, and an additional $40 off using coupon code 84761. That's coupon code 84761. I get nothing for that, just reporting it. Hey, Valentine's is coming, and nothing says, Honey, I love you more than deeply discounted Apple products that are multiple generations old. Just saying. For those of you like me waiting with bated breath for the HomePod, Tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. Well, really, tomorrow morning, depending on where you live. But likely around 12.01 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 a.m. Central Time, 3 a.m. Eastern Time, Friday morning, January 26th, the HomePod will go on sale for pre-order. It will then be in stores on February 9th. Assuming that is also the day your pre-order is going to ship to you as well. Pricing in the U.S. will be $349, and you will have a choice of white or black uh, I mean, space gray, that is. HomePod will be configured through the Home app on any iOS device running iOS 11.2.5 or later. Besides the US, it will also go on sale in the UK and Australia on the 26th. It will then roll out to France and Germany in the spring. Initially, HomePod will not support multi-room setup and will not support putting two in the same room for stereo pairing. But that update will be later in the year, so that's coming. And if you are someone buying two $349 HomePods to put in the same room for stereo, really? And do you have a daughter that is around eight or nine that I can set up with one of my sons? Because clearly you have way too much money and that's a family he should be marrying into, or one of them should, or both of them. Some of the rumors leading up to Apple's announcing when you can order had Apple with 1 million units shipping to the US over the last couple of weeks, 
which for any other company's product would seem like a lot, but for Apple fanboys and their rabid demands, that really is just 500,000 stereo pairs. I think it's safe to say their servers will not be crushed with pre-orders, but they will likely sell out rather quickly if that 1 million number is accurate. Apple has also unveiled some additional details on the HomePod this week, which does include a guide for how the smart speaker can be controlled via the top surface. The top will respond to taps much like AirPods, but the primary way to interact will be via Siri. From Apple, quote, Tap on the top of HomePod to play, pause, skip a song, or adjust the volume. Touch and hold the top to talk to Siri. You'll know Siri is listening by the LED waveform that animates when with your every word, unquote. So single tap for play, pause, double tap for the next track, triple tra- tap for previous track. And, and one interesting thing is you will be able to transfer phone calls from your iPhone to your HomePod, quote, Use HomePod to send messages using just your voice. And when you receive a text, Siri can read it for you. For hands-free conversations, start or receive a call on your iPhone and hand it off to HomePod, unquote. Now, maybe you'll be traveling to the U.S., the U.K., or Australia when or after the HomePod launches, and you want to pick up one and bring it back to your country, which isn't one of those three. Well, if at home you speak anything but English, you are SOL. For now, at least, HomePod, for now, is an English-language-only device. Future software updates will change that, but if your primary language is not English, you may want to hold off buying one in another country until your main language is supported. Now, if you are someone that goes online tonight and orders a HomePod or pair of HomePods, Give me a call, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Let me know how many you purchased, what color you got, and how. what's your lead time? When is it saying it's going to deliver for you? Hey, Rob. It's Bob from San Diego. And I have something interesting that I've found on the iPhone X. And to lead into that, I'll talk about a Sun Conyer I used to have that's passed on now. But one thing about that Sun Conyer is she would only let me hold her and she was a one-person bird. Now, how does that relate to the iPhone 10? Well, interestingly enough, oh, maybe a few weeks ago, I was with my girlfriend and I said, well, you really should try these uh, animated emojis. I let her hold my phone, and I got it all set up for her to try the animated emojis, and it would not respond to her, and I thought, that's weird. So the only person that it would respond to is me. As soon as I took the phone in my hand, then the animated emoji started to work. But as soon as I handed it to her, then she wasn't able to use it. Well, a few weeks later, we were driving in the car, So I was talking to Siri, hey Siri, you know, could you tell me whatever, I think I asked it to give me directions to a restaurant or something. So my girlfriend tried to have Siri answer a question for her on something else. So she was saying, hey Siri, hey Siri, and Siri was completely ignoring her. So I believe that the iPhone 10 is a one person phone. It's not something that someone else can pick up and use for things like Siri and the emojis and stuff. That stuff is dedicated to one person. So I thought that was interesting because that's something that's different on the iPhone 10 than previous iPhones that I've owned. Anyway, just passing that information on. Thanks for the podcast, and I will talk to you soon. Bob, thanks for the feedback. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. Battery life is great on the new iPhone. I charge it at night, unplug it. When I get up at 7 a.m., I literally listen to music and podcasts all day long with a few YouTube videos in between on my breaks. And when I get home around 7 to 8 p.m., I still have between 20 and 30% left. Great phone. By far the best iPhone Apple has made and well worth the high price tag in my eyes. Thanks for the show. As always, regards, Richard H. And that was for the iPhone X. Don't think I had that mentioned in there. Thank you, Richard, for that feedback. Hi, Rob. I was just listening to your podcast, episode 453, and you featured a genius, Apple genius, on the show who mentioned something that caught my attention. 
she said to power cycle our iPhones once a week. And I can see the sense in doing this, even though I had never heard of it before. But she went on to say to not force quit apps unnecessarily. I must confess that I have been in the habit of regularly force quitting all open apps on my iPhone, as I thought this would help free up uh, wrong. I, I guess I'm wrong. Obviously, I was wrong. Uh, can you please explain the reason for not shutting off apps that I'm not currently using? As always, love your podcast. Keep up the good work. Regards, Brian Mitchell, Galloway, Ireland. P.S. I wonder if you happen to know of any podcast that does the same for Mac as yours does for iOS. I have been a Windows user since uh, 3.1. I bought a MacBook Pro some time back. As far as so far, I ain't feeling the love. I would love to be able to listen to a podcast that would give me news, hints, tips, tricks, etc. For Mac beginners, many thanks, Brian. Uh, okay, Brian, on your last one first, uh, check out uh, the MacCast with Adam Christensen and Mac OS Ken with Ken Ray. So that will help you uh, per that latter part. Now let's go back to your other questions per um, what the Apple genius said and why closing or why not force closing apps. It will depend on the apps too. You have to remember if apps have a lot of communication, when they're doing a lot of talking and communication, getting them closed out. And, you know, we, as, as you know, on the show, have always recommended doing the, the uh, reset network settings every so often. Reset network settings it powers your device off and back on. So it goes through that power cycle that she was recommending on the last episode. I just usually recommend that you close out all your apps, especially if you have a lot of apps that are doing communication and pulls constant calls to servers and back. Uh, but I don't know what her logic is in, in for not closing them. So hopefully she's listening and will call back in and tell us her exact logic for not force quitting the apps like we always recommend doing and uh, right before you do the uh, reset network settings. Hi, Rob. This is uh, Ryan calling you again from uh, Wake Forest, North Carolina, in response to HomeKit. I'm a HomeKit aficionado. My favorite part of HomeKit, I think, is the magic uh, when several devices kind of tend to work together. I have an August smart lock uh, and a couple of smart outlets, so to speak. Um, I've got uh, an Ecobee, and I recently also got uh, a smart light switch as well. Uh, I'm a teacher. I'll leave at 5 in the morning and get home sometime 6 o'clock at night. It's dark and it's dark. And you don't want to leave the front porch light on all the time. So, you know, I leave in the morning and the August lock tells the, the light, hey, he's unlocking the door and it's nighttime out. You know, go ahead and turn the front porch light on. It turns off after I leave and I'm coming back home the driveway and it goes, oh, you're coming home. Turns the light on for the front porch light, you know, and it will unlock the front door for me and will turn on the living room light. Uh, so I'm, you know, not coming into a dark house. Uh, we were at a holiday party not that long ago, and people left the party to come to our place, and they beat us home, and I have a ring video doorbell on the front door, and they said, hey, we're, you know, we're at your place, where are you? Where are you? We uh, didn't get a chance to leave yet. Opened up the ring app, saw that they were standing outside, uh, told August, you know, told Siri to unlock the front door, uh, which automatically triggered turning on the front porch light and turning on the living room light for them, and they could kind of wait inside our house while uh, we were trying to work our way and, and get out the door, so... Uh, really just cool to kind of see those technologies all kind of work together Who's going into six different apps in order to accomplish that all very simple, uh, simplified into the home kit experience. And I just kind of realized that the other day when all those things kind of clicked and people were like, wow, that was, that was you know, amazing, you know, when they were at, at my house, how awesome and, and how much I've taken that technology for granted. So I think just kind of the home kit itself uh, and all the technologies that you can put together in the automation section uh, are absolutely great tools. And so the HomeKit app, I would say, is probably my favorite part of HomeKit, specifically with those automation tools in the automation section, being able to set when something's home, when they're, you know, if you're home, if you're coming home, if it's a certain time of day, you haven't checked that out. You've got HomeKit tools uh, and devices. Definitely check that out. All right, thanks, Rob. Bye. Gary, thanks for your feedback. Now, as much grief as Siri gets, it is still used quite a bit. Apple just announced that Siri is now actively used on over half a billion, with a B, devices globally. Siri is the most popular personal digital assistant. Of course, Siri is on multiple platforms from Apple now. iPhone, iPad, iPod Touch, Macs, Apple Watch, Apple TV, and starting on February 9th, HomePod. Apple also said per HomePod and Hey Siri, 
Apple will not send any info back to Apple servers until Hey Siri is uttered in the room. And when it is sent, it will be encrypted and sent using an anonymous Siri identifier. Thank you, Apple. I want to once again thank Casper for supporting our show in 2018. Hopefully one of your New Year's resolutions was to get yourself better night's sleep. The nights I record are the nights I get my best sleep as I get to go and use the Casper mattress as the recording night means the kids sleep with mom and dad sleeps on the Casper mattress. It is by far the best mattress in the house. But don't just take my word on how good their mattresses are. There are well over 20,000 reviews in Amazon and Google with an average of 4.8 stars. It is quickly becoming the internet's favorite mattress. Why did they get such great ratings, you ask? Well, Casper mattresses combine supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface that is perfectly designed for the human body. It is engineered to soothe and cradle your natural curves. It is designed, developed, and assembled in the U.S. They offer sizes from twin to California kings with a great price. And with Casper, you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. You don't like it, you get your money back. They come and pick it up and donate it to charity. If you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, you will save $50 towards any mattress purchase. Terms and conditions apply. You order online and it is delivered right to your door. So no need to go out in the cold to get it either. Delivery right now is for the U.S. and Canada and it is free delivery. And when said mattress is delivered, it is in a squarish box that you think there is no way there's a mattress in there. But there is, and you cut it open, the package, and the mattress opens up and expands to form. It's actually really amazing. Just Google Casper Mattress Unboxing. Again, to save $50 on a mattress, go to casper.com slash TII. Use promo code TII, all lowercase on the promo code. Again, casper.com slash TII, promo code TII to save $50. Thanks, Casper, for the great mattress and for sponsoring this show. Apple or Jerks. Or so says the FBI. Well, that is what FBI forensic expert Stephen Flatley said with regards to Apple security measures. Apple, as you know, has made it more and more difficult for the bad guys to get to your data by making it harder and harder to crack your device. The FBI said, quote, at what point is it just trying to one-up things and at what point is it trying to thwart law enforcement, unquote. Flatley also complained Apple recently made password guessing slower and changing the number of possible iterations from 10,000 to 10 million. Quote, password attempt speed went from 45, sec uh, 45 passwords a second to one every 18 seconds using brute force methods. Unquote. Apple, for their part, holds on to the stance that strong encryption is vital for keeping its customers safe. Kudos, Apple. The FBI really is clueless when it comes to security, asking multiple times for backdoors just for the good guys. Um, yeah, that's how it works. Any backdoors are eventually used by bad guys too. And sometimes good guys become bad guys. So, Apple, if keeping my data safe and secure makes you jerks, well, you're the nicest jerks I know. A new report from Kaspersky Labs details Sky Go Free which is a newly discovered strain of malware on Android, of course. That is some of the, quote, most comprehensive and evasive surveillance tools we've ever seen for Android, unquote. And from uh, the article, quote, SkyGoFree's capabilities include covert video and audio capture, exfiltration of call logs, text messages, calendar data, and location data, key logging, covert Skype recording, a reverse shell, geofence remote mic activation, turns your target's phone into a listening device, but only in certain locations, stealing WhatsApp messages by exploiting Android's accessibility suite, and forcing infected devices to connect to compromised Wi-Fi networks, unquote. Android users, enjoy. I think I'm going to stick with the operating system written by the guys that are jerks. Hey, Rob. Justin in Pennsylvania. Um, I want to uh, make something. I don't know if this was, comes up on your new show. I missed all the way through the latest episode. And then the fact of the matter is that the whole, like, phone shutting down thing is not an Apple exclusive feature or problem. 
I mean, it's more, you see it a little bit more on the iPhone because the batteries are smaller, but there have been reports of Samsung phones and all that shutting down as well. The only difference is, is Apple tried to make it so that your phone wouldn't shut down and leave you wondering whether your phone will shut off at 30% or 10%. You know, it was very hard for users to know whether or not their phone was just going to randomly shut off on them. So that's why they slowed it down. I think the other biggest problem with this was that they didn't, the engineering team was so impressed with themselves because this was a pretty interesting way to do it. I mean, if you look, if you really think about it, it's kind of amazing they're able to do something like this to keep your phone running. But Samsung, other phones like that, they do have the shutdown problem. You just don't notice it as soon because their batteries are larger, which we've all talked about before. I still think Apple should offer a larger battery package with a slightly thicker phone. I just, I just think that, especially now that you're seeing the downside to the thinner phone, is that your battery degrades quicker. That's all. Just a quick thing there. Just, you know, make sure everyone, everyone who might be thinking about switching or anything like that. The shutdown thing is a problem because smartphones have become much more smart, and they take a lot more power to use the smarts inside them. And when your battery gets a little more degraded, then this happens. So it's an unfortunate thing between battery technology and what we expect from our phones. Just a uh, quick, I just wanted to make sure that was out there because it, it didn't seem like it was coming up on this episode. And if, if it is, I just want to make sure everyone knows that, you know, this is a battery problem, not just an Apple problem. But the slowdown thing was an Apple decision, which I think we all decided was probably not the best decision to make. All right. Thanks very much. Have a great day. Justin, thanks for the feedback. And from the really Samsung, you're going to copy that feature from Apple as well. Comes word that Sammy was also slowing down older devices to keep them from suddenly shutting down. The Italian government launched a probe looking at both Apple and Sammy for this issue. Samsung, for their part, is denying they are copying Apple in this area, but the Italian government would disagree. Hey, Rob, this is Brent out here in Oklahoma City. Um, just got to listen to your latest podcast and was addressing or wanted to address, and then also had a question for you. Uh, the person was asking about if it was worth it for him to get Apple TV. I've actually done away completely with my satellite provider and went strictly to uh, the Apple TV. And the other thing is that what they can do is they can get an antenna, which gives them, uh, you know, those are really inexpensive, and that'll pick up all their local stations to their TV uh, for free, and then just use Apple TV and maybe subscribe to some of the services. And I actually think they're going to save money that they would be paying cable or a satellite provider just by even subscribing to a few of the, you know, things like Hulu and, and uh, maybe even HBO or, you know, those kinds of things. But get an antenna and get their local stations like that for free, and then just use their Apple TV for all their other stuff. Um, that's what I've done, and I've been very happy with that. Now, I wanted to ask you a question. I know Apple was trying to introduce the one sign-in, and it uh, is supposed to take care of, of all your, you know, sign-in to your DirecTV account or satellite account one time, and it's supposed to, to work on all these stations. And so I've got a friend that was trying to do this, and they have yet to get this to work well. Like, they've got it to work maybe one time and on one station, but they're having to reactivate and reactivate rather than it just picking up that one sign-in. So are you having the same experience? Um, has Apple abandoned this idea, or what's your thoughts on that, or is it just a work in progress or what? Anyway, I'd be interested to know so I could pass that on to them. Anyway, thanks a lot, and I uh, hope you have a Merry Christmas. Take care. Brent, thanks for the feedback. And per your question there at the end and the single sign-on, it works with some uh, providers, so some cable providers it works really well. It doesn't work with all cable providers, so it's still a work in progress. It's still something being rolled out for better mass adoption. But right now it only works with some of your cable providers, not all and not even most. Into the email bag we go. Hi, Rob. It's my AirPods for birthday, so I thought I'd share my thoughts on them. They sound good. They are comfortable and stay in my ears. They have great battery life. They are very convenient. That's the good stuff. Now for the not so good. 
They are all of the above if you don't use voiceover and don't use more than one device. If you are a voiceover user but only use a single iPhone, they are still all of the above. If you use voiceover and you use an iPhone and an Apple Watch, they do not work. It's almost impossible to get the AirPods connected to your phone and watch and to get voiceover output to switch when you touch either device. I have reported this to Apple several times and I have waited patiently for each iOS update to get the fix I've been waiting for, but it has never arrived. I believe that if you do use voiceover, the switching does take place as expected because the normal audio channels get switched. It appears, however, that voiceover doesn't get routed through the normal audio channels and doesn't therefore trigger the switch. It is possible to get the AirPods to connect with voiceover, but you've got to manually switch the voiceover off on the phone to make it work. This is not what I believe that Tim Cook promised me before I bought the AirPods. I use them every day, but this complete failure to deliver what was promised is unforgivable, and the fact that they've been out for over a year without a solution makes this even worse. The final, even more annoying thing about this is that before the AirPods were released, my Trex Titanium 2s were able to connect to both and do exactly what I expected from Air the AirPods. The connection problem that Apple promised us that the AirPods would resolve doesn't didn't exist. Due to the delays in releasing the AirPods in late 2016, I purchased the Beta 3 headphones, also equipped with a W1 chip, they had exactly the same problems with voiceover and multiple devices that the AirPods suffer from. I explained this to the salesperson when I picked up my AirPods. They seemed quite surprised when I demonstrated the failures on the AirPods when the Apple, in the Apple Store and assured me that the problem would be resolved with a software update. Here we are 12 months down the road and still no solution. I hope this helps many of your voiceover listeners, and I'd like to hear their own experience with the AirPods. Still loving the show. Regards, Stuart Duncan in Dundee, Scotland. Well, thank you, Stuart, for that feedback. And if anyone wants to call in with their feedback, 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Back into the email bag. Hi, Rob. On episode 452, a caller asked about local channels on Apple TV. There are several systems available at the one we use is Tableau, T-A-B-L-O TV. You do have to buy additional hardware, which is a separate TV tuner and streaming box. And with some models, you have to provide your own hard drive for the DVR capability, but it works very nice and it has great TV OS and iOS interface. Beyond the hardware cost, there is an optional subscription fee for a two-week on-screen guide we went ahead and bought the lifetime subscription, which was the equivalent of paying three years in advance. So now we have no recurring fees for over-the-air programming. The Tableau also streams both live and recorded programming it just about to just about every other box out there, Android, iPad, iPhone, Fire, Roku, etc. And all uh, and can stream remotely. We do supplement this with a $35 a month subscription to DirecTV Now, which ties in nicely with the most of the apps like the History Channel, ESPN, etc. So we use Apple TVs for all our television viewing. Regards, Stan in Winchester, Kentucky. Well, thank you, Stan, for that feedback. Hey, Rob, this is Rich from Huntsville, Alabama. You had a caller asking how to get local channels on their Apple TV, uh, and I have a solution I've used for a couple years, and it's worked great for me. The... Uh, Tableau, T-A-B-L-O, is a uh, over-the-air tuner that tunes in uh, high-definition broadcast channels. It's got DVR functionality built in, and it has a great app for uh, Apple TV, Roku, whatever you use. Also for iOS, so if your iPad, iPhone, whatever. Uh, you can get two tuner versions for, I think they're about 150 bucks now. A four tuner version, considerably more, but I don't, I haven't checked recently. I use the two tuner version. The app is very slick, very well done. I use a combination of that and Direct TV Now, which is basically Direct TV's over the top service, and that does give me ESPN, 
all the uh, and it also gives me the sign in that you were talking about for HGTV DIY uh, CW all those channels that require some kind of sign in to use their their app but the over the air the local channels if you can get them with a tuner the Tableau is a great way to do it because you can record you just hook up an external hard drive uh, and it works just like a TiVo or a whatever for DVR keep up the great work Rob love your show take care bye bye Hi, this is Bob again from San Diego. This audio is on a different topic, and I wanted to talk a little bit about how I use the Mac to record over-the-air television and what goes into making that work. I know that there's quite a few cable cutters out there, and one of the main concerns people have is, well, how do I get my local stations? like CBS and ABC and NBC. Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to go to either Fry's or Best Buy. You can also get them on Amazon and get, oh, maybe a an HD TV antenna. I have one that I can actually put in my window. And what happens is, is that has a coaxial cable that comes from the window down and I fish it over to where my iMac is. Okay, so you have the cable there, but you're not connected in. Now you need to get a piece. There's really only one supporter on the Macintosh that supports bringing television in and being able to change channels and doing the TV receiver stuff. There's a lot of them for the PC, but there's only one for the Mac. The name of the company is Elgato. I believe that they were, well, they were purchased by another company, which I can't remember the name. But if you do a search on the internet for Elgato, then you'll be able to get what you need. Now, this thing is expensive. It's like $120 or more, $120 to $150. And what it is, is you plug it on one end. It has a coaxial mail connector and you just thread on the coaxial cable that's going out to the window and then the other actually plugs into the USB port on the Mac. That's what you need as far as hardware connections. Now Elgato has software that they include with that it's like a dongle it's like it's well it's not quite a dongle but anyway you know what it is I explained how it connects in and what it looks like. They have software, like an application, it's called ITV. You open that up and it asks where you live at. You put in all your zip codes and everything, similar to what Windows Media Center used to be on the PC. So you put in all your information, where you live at, what city, what your zip code is, and it'll look up and it'll say, okay, these are possible TV connectors like It'll say San Diego uh, South or something is what I picked for me. Then what happens is when you buy this Elgato, it comes with, I'm, I'm not sure how long, it used to be a year, but I'm not sure. It's a TV guide. And when you go in there, you can actually, it'll do a search and it'll find all the channels that you can pick up where you live at. So I have like 15. Some of them are in Spanish. Mine has NBC, Fox. It doesn't have CBS, but I can get the CBS app for that. It has ABC, it has PBS, and it has Fox, and it has, I can't remember, Warner Brothers or something else. Anyway, you'll have to see what's available in your area. So the the more powerful antenna you get that brings in the signal, the more channels that you can pick up. But with my one that I bought with it was like $35, I'm able to get all those channels I told you about. So on the TV guide, it tells me all the stuff that will be on TV. And I can record on one, or I can click on one, and then I tell it I want to record that. And what it'll do is it will record that content, and I can watch it later, and it'll save it on my hard drive. Now, obviously, if you record a lot of stuff it's going to take up a lot of your hard drive space so you kind of have to be careful just like you are with a dvr but you're not paying anything after the initial setup except elgato after that first year they will charge something like thirty dollars 
a year if you want to be able to have them send you the channels so that you can record like a DVR. If you don't want to do that, you could manually do it, but it's a pain. So it's worth it to me to just pay them the $30. So that way I can use it to record football games or anything I want. There's also, it had, I have They TV on there, which has a lot of the old uh, Leave it to Beaver and shows like that that I record sometimes and I can watch. That's the answer to how to connect onto a Mac. There is no other dongle that I'm aware of. So this is the solution as, as I've described. Thanks a lot. Talk to you next time. Rich and Bob, thanks for your feedback. There's a new Kickstarter project from Hyper, the folks behind the Pearl, the iStick, and more. This new one has the pithy title of Hyperdrive USB-C Hub plus 7.5 watt QI wireless or Q, QI wireless charger iPhone stand. Um, yeah, or you can just search for Hyperdrive in Kickstarter. Hyperdrive USB-C hub is an 8-in-1 USB-C hub plus fastest 7.5 watt QI charger. Is it QI or is it QI? QI charger, wireless charger for the iPhone 8 and greater. It is also an iPhone stand with HDMI port, gigabit Ethernet port, SD and micro SD slots, three USB 3.1 ports, and a USB-C port. It offers wireless charging at the highest 7.5 watt mode. This is a nice device, which is why the $79 early bird sold out, as did the $99 offering, and it is currently at a price of $109 and climbing. If you want this one, don't wait. Search Hyperdrive at kickstarter.com and sign up for this one. They had a goal of 100 k and they are currently well over 425 k and growing. Deliveries look to be April for the earliest early birds and then May for the other orders. Hey Siri, what are your New Year's resolutions? To spend more time with my favorite humans, like you. What are your New Year's resolutions? Consume better information, work out my processor more, and be a better all-around virtual assistant. What are your New Year's resolutions? To take up meditation. But I can never clear my cortex of all these questions humans keep asking me. What are your New Year's resolutions? To spend more time chilling out, maxing, relaxing all cool. Maybe play some virtual b-ball outside of the school. What are your New Year's resolutions? Actually, I'm already finished with my 2018 resolutions. Now, on to 2019 through 2075. I'm a planner. What are your New Year's resolutions? 2436 by 1125. Wait, you meant screen resolution, right? What are your New Year's resolutions? To be more helpful to you and take up something new. Last year was high a lie. This year, maybe curling. Thanks again to Casper for their support of TII. And if you go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII, all lowercase, you will save $50 off a mattress shipped right to your door. Again, go to casper.com slash TII and use promo code TII. And before we go today, I want to remind you to send in your feedback to the show, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOONDOG. Or record your feedback and email it to the show at todayinios at gmail.com. Feedback can be a question or comment for something someone said on this episode, or it can be a question or rant you have about something else, an app, a product review, good or bad, as long as it's iOS-related, it is welcomed. And I'm always looking for new artwork to feature that you have created on iOS device. Just put some TII branding on it and send it in. And of course, we're always looking for more music created on iOS device to play on the show. This is your show and your feedback is greatly desired. Also, don't forget to check out our moderated Google Plus community by going to todayinios.com slash community. And a quick reminder, if you are an app dev or iBook author, email me if you want your app or iBook featured in the promo giveaway segment for free. We just need the five promo cards or more to give away. Simply email them to me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app or iBook indicating you are the dev or the author. Also, when sending in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Today's show was again brought to you by ButcherBox. For free bacon and $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com slash TII and enter promo code TII and also get free shipping in the lower 48. Finally, 
Check out the TI app, which is free to you. Search for TII in the iTunes App Store. It is the best way to consume the show and to get push notifications each time a new episode of TII is released. It is fully voiceover friendly, of course. Please go right now and download the TI app to get the update. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Lipson.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Lipson.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for T-I-I.